Once you realize that people believe you or believe your movement, you basically, I hope this doesn't come off crazy, but you can basically sell them anything. The Barclays deal was one of the most horrible deals ever done, especially in sports. They, they played Jay-Z like a fiddle. They played the community like a fiddle. At the end of the day, when the stuffy businessmen were like, how can we gain momentum in terms of gaining public support behind this? Who's the person that we're, are we gonna reach out to Robert De Niro? Are we gonna reach, no, we gotta get Jay-Z. They put him on a big billboard in Times Square as an owner of the team. And a lot of people really thought that he was actually the owner of the team. They would not have been able to sail through those that owned the majority part of the Nets, all of the issues that had to do with zoning and rezoning, et cetera, without having someone like a Jay-Z involved. I think it's a case of Jay-Z pimping corporate America as much as corporate America is pimping Jay-Z. Politics is a messy business and local politics may, might be messier than national politics. So for Jay to have discovered this in the course of pursuing this professional basketball team for Brooklyn, what did he expect? I am one of the people who was affected by Barclays. We didn't even know that it was gonna be related to Jay-Z or called Barclays or anything. We just were told that we would need to move. That we knew that eventually if we refused, which we of course did, that they would buy the building right from out, up under us, which is really ultimately what happened. At the time, there was serious confrontations. I think they raised the question of imminent domain. And I can tell you that the grumbles and groans of the community that knew that Brooklyn would not be the same and that this would usher in a gentrification. These buildings were, were deemed blighted. They weren't big enough to generate enough tax revenue. Some of the other blight indications were cracks in the sidewalk. Like, this is blight right here under their definition. Of course, you can find cracks in the sidewalk in every neighborhood. Once they got the arena built, uh, they paid Jay-Z some money. I think he made six or seven million dollars. And the city of Brooklyn was royally screwed. The developers uh, had to secure some of the properties but I was able to live with it because they gave the owners beyond market value. This is Brooklyn, man. This is downtown Brooklyn. That's what downtowns mean. It means big buildings. <laughs> it means uh, hustle and bustle. And it, it, it means that's what it is. I truly think that he has a lot of love for Brooklyn, but I gotta be honest, I feel a lot of it's about the money. You listen to his lyrics and that comes up a lot. You're listening to Go with Jamarlin Martin. We have a go harder, go home approach as we talk to the leading tech leaders, politicians, and influencers. Let's go. We're going to tackle NFL's deal with uh, Jay-Z. The clip that you heard was from uh, my film. I was the executive producer. I invested in the documentary. That's from A Genius Leaves the Hood. And so back in 2013, I had questions about what did Jay-Z really believe in? You know, I was a big fan of his music. I was a big fan of him as an entrepreneur. But what was in back of that? And so in that film, we talked about his genius, his brilliant business moves and calculated moves. Uh, but we also talked about 
you know, what does this guy really believe in? And at the time, there was a study where millennials were surveyed and they said that they had some big questions about Jay-Z's brand because they did not understand what he believed in besides, you know, money, business, and, and all the stuff that he talked about. But they didn't know what he believed in. This movie came out. Jay-Z actually came against me that when the trailer came out, I got a, a letter uh, from Sean Carter Enterprises uh, via email. His people said that, you know, I needed to destroy this documentary of Genius Leaves the Hood. They said destroy everything right away. I didn't fold when uh, Jay-Z came against me because I knew that I had done the proper due diligence with the copyright. You know, our game was really tight. So, yeah, it's Jay-Z. Yeah, he has very long arms. Uh, that's what VH1 told me when I presented the documentary to them. They said that they really liked the doc, but they didn't want to ruffle any feathers in the industry. They know Jay-Z had long arms, so VH1 wanted to license the doc. They loved the doc, but they said they were scared of Jay-Z in so many words. But so, so I get this letter from Jay-Z, and you know they want me to fold. I do some research on documentary film litigation. And I found a lawyer named Lincoln Banlow. And Lincoln Banlow, he was involved with a case against the Dole Fruit Company. The Dole Company sued a documentary filmmaker talking about exploitation uh, in Latin America with their business. So the filmmaker was, was scrutinizing Dole's business of exploiting workers. And I saw that Lincoln Banlow, he represented the documentary filmmaker... And they countersued. Dole ended up paying the documentary filmmaker. And so I said to myself, hey, I need to use this guy. You know, this guy, uh, he was representing a filmmaker who was, you know, looking at the Dole business. Uh, and he ended up, the, although the filmmaker was sued, Dole ended up paying the filmmaker. And I said, look, this is the guy we need to use to go back at Jay-Z. And so... You know, we sent a letter back and the movie came out. It was on Netflix. It was on TV one. It was a success. You know, all we needed is to come back and, and they and they folded. We didn't fold. That clip is from A Genius Leaves the Hood. And so I don't need to repeat some of the points uh, that were made by the individuals uh, in that clip. The way I think about things is, you know, to, to understand situations particularly like surprising situations my mind is i need to look at the history i need to look at the patterns okay so before i analyze or look at an issue particularly relevant to black people in america i have to look at the history to understand the present when i heard about this nfl deal i'm a big jay-z fan I actually thought that since the film came out in uh, 2013, that Jay-Z has made great strides in terms of building a deeper relationship with the black community, in terms of more of uh, coming out uh, where, you know, he believes, as we believe, in terms of pairing himself with uh, Trayvon Martin. And, and there's other there's a lot of other good things that he has done in the community. Uh, including the messaging that he's putting in his lyrics with 444. You know, from my perspective, since 2000 or 2014, 
Jay-Z has done a big pivot culturally in black America. It's been a positive pivot. It has helped his business, it has helped his brand, where the people are more kind of understanding or more supportive. But Jay-Z has made a cultural pivot since 2013, since 2014. From my perspective, you know, I've been a fan of this, this pivot. So this NFL thing comes out. The initial headline it was, uh, you know, Jay-Z partners with the NFL, blah, blah, blah. And then there's, you know, some of the uh, criticism. And the first thing I thought was, okay, if people are talking about Cap, you know, Jay-Z can come back and say, hey, Cap did his deal with Nike. Uh, he did his multi-million dollar deal with Nike. I did my deal with the NFL. Okay, I was just kind of playing around on Twitter and I said something like that, like it was a, a rap lyric. But then I started digging into the issue. I didn't take a position. I was just playing around as a joke uh, from a Jay-Z perspective. But then, you know, when I started digging into this stuff, Jay-Z saying that kneeling is hova. He didn't say it was over. You know, he put the hova on it. So when a guy like Jay-Z comes into racial justice or black justice, I'm not using social justice, that soy milk, homogenized, pasteurized, that weak stuff that, you know, people want to make white folks comfortable and use something ambiguous like social justice. What does that mean? What does that got to do with the people getting shot down by the police? These people are, are black. We're focused on black people getting shot down. So first off, I'm skeptical of people who are going to use the term social justice, particularly in a setting of a crowd full of white folks. You know, why are you using this PC term? So Jay-Z says kneeling is hova. You know, I'm Jay-Z and I'm declaring kneeling is over. We need to go into action. When I looked at this, I said, look, okay, first, let's look at the, you know, when you have a controversial outcome or you have a negative outcome, let's process the process, okay? Was the process to get to this NFL deal, was it defective? And let's look at it. So Cap has been the number one symbol of the kneeling and the protest within the NFL, okay? So whether you like it or not, he's the anchor of what's going on in the NFL, okay? There's other players involved, but the fact that Jay-Z did not consult or even talk to Cap or the other players who have a lot of emotions and investment into this issue within the NFL. He's not going to even talk to the other NFL players about this who really believe that the, you know, uh, really believe in the protests or the movement. If he's not even going to talk to them, that could reflect negative intent, meaning that you may know that there's something dirty about this deal where you don't want to talk to the people. You don't, you may not like what the result is. So when Jay-Z says kneeling is hova, I thought that he in, injected himself as some type of Al Sharpton or, or Jesse Jackson. Uh, and so whenever you inject yourself uh, as a leader of a movement, of course, uh, you open yourself up to criticism uh, because other people are going to say, hey, we had 
the the equity in racial justice that's not owned by Jay-Z. Jay-Z may have, you know, equity interests in title. He may own uh, equity interests in Rock Nation, those, you know, in his publishing. So he has ownership over that. Okay. The people are rooting for him. Go ahead and make 10 billion or 20 billion. Overwhelmingly, Black America wants to see Jay Z winning, right? If you have equity in your businesses, the people want you generally to be successful. Okay. Black people are very loyal and supportive people. Okay. However, racial justice, that's not Rock Nation. Okay. That's not title. That's not your businesses. So the people, the black people on the street, in the hood, on the NFL fields, the people have equity on racial justice. So that's something that Jay-Z does not have a profit interest in. He doesn't have an ownership interest in. So if he steps in and says, Hova has arrived and kneeling is over and we're going to run my program, a leader who injects himself all of a sudden is that type of guy, our leader. Anybody who steps into it and proclaims that kneeling is hova, you open yourself up to criticism from the people who have ownership. Who has ownership? The mothers and fathers of the kids being shot by the police. The people are banging against a white supremacist justice system. Okay, the people have ownership of this issue. Okay, a lot of people have had people killed by the police. My best friend, uh, Michael Brown, was killed in L.A. before the other uh, Ferguson, Michael Brown. He was killed by the police, by the Los Alamitos Police Department. A lot of people, the people have equity in this issue. Jay-Z does not own this issue. So Jay-Z comes in and let me tell you where the problem is. When you combine a profit motive where you want to get the bag, you want to get the money, you want to position yourself to get more money individually, when you mix a profit motive with an issue, a sensitive issue like racial justice, the mixing of the two, there's a potential for the issue to become corrupted, particularly when you're looking at the intent of the NFL. So let's forget Jay-Z. Let's say Jay-Z has good intention. In any negotiation, there's a big guy. Usually there's a big guy and there's a little guy. This situation, Jay-Z may be a big guy in black America, but the NFL owners, Roger Goodell represents the NFL owners, the billionaire NFL owners. So when there's a negotiation, there's a big slave master and there's a slave. There's a big difference between Roger Goodell representing the billionaire owners and Jay-Z. Who has the power in this negotiation and do they have good intent? I know a lot of people are, are like a they're, they're like a cult, meaning that a lot of people were raised, you know, no, uh, without a lot of uh, connectivity with fathers. Not everybody, but a lot of people out there, they have chosen rappers to take the place as the father. And so a lot of people, if you say anything about Jay-Z, they start going crazy. You know, they're ready to fight if you if you criticize or you say something about Jay-Z because for a lot of particularly black men, Jay-Z, he's like a father figure, meaning that people didn't grow up with a really good relationship with the father. So Hova, and this is the, the, the terms that have been used 
in terms of Hova, he's come in and he's your your prophet or God or he's your uh, father figure. And so now, the in many cases, the people are psychologically wrapped up in some type of cult connectivity to Jay-Z. So, you know, they see themselves and Jay-Z is one. So, you know, they are in a cult mindset where you can't think independently or critical about, you know, certain decisions or, or situations relevant to, to Jay-Z. He can do anything for a lot of people. But in this case, first, we want to look at what was the intent of the NFL owners. Okay, let's remove our emotions. And for some of the folks out there who are in the Jay-Z cult, they don't like to hear anything. Jay-Z, it don't matter what Jay-Z does. Okay, but let's remove the emotions and look at the intent of the Super Bowl. What does this, what, not the Super Bowl, but the owners, the NFL owners, what do they want to accomplish? What they want to accomplish is they want to mitigate their risk in terms of black people being emotionally involved with the NFL. So a lot of people, it's not black or white, meaning that there's people protesting, but they may look at fewer games. They may look at fewer minutes during the game. So it's not like an on and off thing, but the NFL has felt what's going on in terms of the the protests in black America. They felt it, and that's why they went to a guy like Jay-Z. When people say that the protests, what are you doing, this and that, the NFL owners, they were feeling what was going on, okay? It was hurting them, and they had they felt that they had to make a move before the season started. But I think this is going to blow up in their face. They're going to have to come correct uh, with the black community. So cutting Jay-Z a check in a kind of a back room and he's going to work on uh, social justice programs. I think this thing is going to blow up, uh, meaning that there's people, black people in America. We have seen so many different forms of the technology over, you know, decades and decades where the people are smartening, smartening up in terms of social media. People are sharing ideas. People are smartening up to the technology of the establishment of elites people have seen uh such as myself russell simmons when the movie blood diamonds came out uh which talked about exploitation in africa uh related to uh de beers and some of the big diamond companies okay that movie was coming out but the way these elites think they're ahead of the game okay so they knew that this movie was coming out blood diamonds with leonardo dicaprio they needed lobbyists in the United States to say that the situation situation is not as bad. OK, so they needed to pour some soy milk on the coffee in general, not just black. But they needed lobbyists to represent the diamond industry and say it's not that bad. Who did the beers in the diamond industry hire? They hired Russell Simmons and Ben Chavis, the former president of the NAACP, the diamond industry cut Russell Simmons a check, cut uh, Ben Chavis a check. They funded a trip uh, for Ben Chavis and Russell Simmons to go to Africa and then come back and say that everything is not as bad and they're working on initiatives. And guess what? Russell Simmons launched a diamond jewelry business with De Beers Diamonds. I know a lot of you Frankenstein Negroes out there. You'll say that, ooh, a black person's working with De Beers Diamonds. 
diversity. Ooh, you got to support the black man doing big things. Okay, we're not thinking in that Obama, Oprah Winfrey, Russell Simmons, Jay-Z model anymore. Okay, what's good for them? may not be good structurally for the masses of black people okay so stop being so stop acting like a desperate hoe where you just want to see black so bad you don't care what the people are doing you don't care if they're slave trading you don't you don't care if they're lying uh in terms of defending the uh the diamond industry where do you think society is going to end up and our people are going to end up if we just try to be like them, you want to be like Harvey Weinstein. You want to be like Epstein. You want to be like them to get the check. But what are the future generations going to look like in terms of you taking on all this slime to get the check? Where do you think that's going to end up? This New York Times article was December 18, 2006. A hip-hop mogul is the diamond's new best friend russell simmons he got into a dispute with the white director of blood diamonds and the the white director was saying this guy russell simmons is full of shit okay but you're gonna he's gonna say that hey he's a lobbyist for the diamond industry but you're gonna take the black side because he's black you're not gonna look underneath the rapper and say what is structurally good for african people for black people what's structurally good what is right and wrong you're not going to open up the rapper and say that's right or wrong. You see a black face and slave trading is all right. Crack dealing is okay. Corporate crack dealing is okay. Where do you draw the line and say no more Negro stuff? I'm not, I'm not taking the bag if it's against the masses of black people. When are you going to stand up and say I don't care about whether the person is black, white, or brown, okay? Slave trading or exploitation, it doesn't matter whether it's a white man or a black man doing it. It doesn't matter if it's a white man or a black man on the corner selling the people uh, crack or K2, okay? It doesn't matter who's doing it. Is it structurally sound or evil? are deceptive as it relates to the masses of black people that's how you should be judging these issues that come up it's structurally is it structurally positive or negative okay whenever you leave the black community out of the discussion okay you leave the players out of the discussion we can't say that we're just going to have faith in your god hova that he, we know that he's always going to be thinking out for the masses and the check is never going to come before the masses. Now, black people don't have to assume that these leaders, and I don't care who the leader is, okay, Oprah Winfrey, Obama, Jay-Z, Russell Simmons, I don't care who the leader is. Each issue needs to be judged. Is it good? Is it a net positive for the masses okay so if the nfl owners are cutting corners and cutting one person a check on an issue that the people own and they're lobbyists jay-z is a lobbyist now for the nfl okay he's come in to quiet the people down 
He's come in to help legitimize the NFL again. He's come in as the Russell Simmons to the diamond industry. You got a problem. You contact Jesse Jackson. You contact Al Sharpton. You cut them a check uh, and quiet the people down. Okay, this model is not new. We've seen all the technology, okay? Uh, we've seen this Negro stuff before. And there's nothing wrong with calling out. You're not a crab in a barrel. A lot of people criticizing this deal I suspect most of them are fans of Jay-Z, but they were disappointed. They were let down. A lot of them, even me, I don't, you know, looking back, I'm like, man, you know, how could I be surprised? Because, you know, we saw Barclays and we saw all this other stuff. Uh, but, you know, we want to believe. We want to believe in each other. Uh, this deal is a corporate crack deal. I can be a Jay-Z fan, but also say that the NFL is getting off cheap and easy or they think they're getting off cheap and easy by cutting jay-z a check they have this press conference and you know some people are asking good questions in the press conference and you know what the nfl and jay-z didn't have answers they said they've been working on this for a long time but they couldn't really articulate any of the plans so they didn't respect the community enough to kind of you know give any plans and you know when i look at that and when I look at Jay-Z and what he's involved in, in terms of the title and Rock Nation, uh, my view is not really out there. It is a guy that's mature and wise as Jay-Z and has seen a lot of stuff and has made great strides. Jay-Z is not doing this NFL deal unless he had to do a deal. A lot of the people out there, they'll see a Forbes article and say, this person is a billionaire. Because you're a billionaire, that doesn't mean you got a billion dollars cash in the bank, okay? That doesn't mean you're a billion liquid cash that you can tap. Jay-Z's wealth is tied up in private investments, okay? It's not like you can get cash from it like an ATM. So when you're talking about big money-losing businesses such as a title or a rock nation, a relative uh, compared to other uh, agencies, it's, it's, it's a startup. So in the early stages of these big businesses, you're losing money, okay? And then when you take the lifestyle, there could be $10, $25 million going out the door each quarter in terms of, you know, private jets, vacations, mansions, taxes, all that stuff adds up. So those expenses, that drains the liquidity right away, okay? So your expenses... They're going out the door right away. Now, your your ownership in the businesses, there's no liquidity there in, in, in most cases. So I believe that Jay-Z is not doing this deal in this way without needing to do a deal. That's my perspective. When I, when I looked into this situation, I said, look, this guy is not doing this deal unless he needed to do a deal, if you know what I mean. Take it or let it alone. You think about the idea of uh, growing up in a single parent house, which I grew up in, which you grew up in, and having an adverse feeling for authority, right? Your father's gone, so you're like, I hate my dad. Well, nobody tell me what to do. I'm the man in the house. And then you hit the street and you run into a police officer. And his first thing is, put your hands up, freeze, shut up. And you're like, excuse my language, everybody. You're like, fuck you. Right, so that, in, that interaction causes people to lose lives. 
Thanks, everybody, for listening to Go. You could check me out at Jamarla Martin on Twitter and also come check us out at moguldom.com. That's M O G U L dom.com be sure to subscribe to our daily newsletter you can get the latest information on crypto tech economic empowerment and politics let's go